Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today, the gospel reading that we heard a few moments ago, the first 15 verses of John chapter 6, especially verse 14. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the feeding of the 5,000, one of the most well-known, one of the most popular miracles in all of Scripture. Miracles are sometimes difficult to deal with. They're sometimes hard to teach. They're sometimes hard to preach. One of the things that I try to do with new vicars, especially the first time that they have a text to preach on that is a miracle text, is to remind them that all miracles teach us two things. Now, they may teach us more, but there are two basic things that we need to remember that are taught in every miracle of Scripture. When Jesus does a miracle, this is testimony that Jesus is not merely a human being. Jesus is God. Only God can do miracles. The second thing, the miracles of Jesus, walking on water, calming the storm, healing the sick, rising the dead, feeding the multitudes, all of them point forward to the greatest miracle, the mother of all miracles, the resurrection, body, soul, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Every miracle teaches us these things. Today, we have a miraculous feeding, the feeding of the 5,000. And in the Gospel of John specifically, other places in Scripture as well, the miracles are called signs. Signs. Sometimes Lutherans get a little nervous with that sign talk because it's pretty easy to go from sign to a symbol, meaning it's not real. That's not what we're talking about. Signs need to signify, that's where we get that word, something. And God teaches us what the miracles signify. Think back to the book of Genesis. Noah and his family and the animals are saved by God's gracious hand. The world is destroyed by a flood. And what does God do? God puts a rainbow in the sky, the sign. And then he tells us what it means, what this sign signifies. Never again will I send a flood to destroy the world. Numbers, chapter 21. God sends poisonous snakes. 
because of the rebellion of the children of Israel. They plead with Moses. Moses pleads to God. God says, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and lift it high into the air. The bronze serpent on a pole, it's a sign. What does it mean? God tells us what that sign means. Everyone who looks to that bronze serpent on the pole, even though he be snake bit, he will live. And then in John chapter 3, Jesus says, this sign, this bronze serpent on the pole, signifies me. As the Son of Man, Jesus, is lifted high on the cross. All people who look to him in faith will live. God gives the sign. And then he tells us what it means. So here we have the feeding of the 5,000. That's the sign. That's the miracle. What does it mean? This miracle signifies that Jesus is no mere mortal. He's God. God in the flesh. And specifically, we see that Jesus is creator. Now normally... We think of God the Father as the Creator. We just confess that in the Nicene Creed. It's a mystery how God is one God in three persons, three persons in one God, how we confess the Trinity in unity and the unity in Trinity, not confusing the persons or the substance, and yet the persons of the Trinity are one God, and they work together. In John chapter 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, Jesus, not anything was made. The Father creating the world through the word, Jesus. Jesus is creator. He takes some loaves and fish multiplies them and feeds 5,000 men and their families. It's an amazing miracle. But the feeding of the 5,000 not only teaches us that Jesus is God and through him all things are created. Jesus created bread to feed the people. And a little bit later in this chapter, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus provides for everything we need 
for this body and life. Jesus provides everything we need for our spiritual and eternal life. We confess it in the creed. The first article. We confess that God will give us all that we need to support this body and life. And he does. We pray, as Jesus has taught us, give us this day our daily bread. And that's what God does every day. To feed 5,000 families? Well, that's an amazing miracle. But think of how many families God gives daily bread to every day. Billions. Billions of people every day. So today, as we look at these words of Jesus, as we look at this miracle of Jesus, we want to make sure that we understand and believe what this sign signifies. We read in our text for today, those first 15 verses, the people got it. The people understood. Jesus performs this miracle. Their bellies are full. Twelve baskets full of leftovers are picked up. And then in verse 14, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. They saw the sign. They participated in the sign. They got what the sign was to signify. Jesus is the prophet. Not any prophet, but the prophet, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But what did they do with this sign? Rather than let Jesus explain what it means that he is the prophet, the people decide that they're going to put their, their own interpretation on this sign. They follow Jesus. They want to force him to be their bread king. They got a free meal. They liked it. They liked the free stuff. They wanted more free stuff. They wanted Jesus to be their bread king so they could get free stuff the rest of their life. They wanted to name and claim their blessings. They wanted to treat Jesus like a giant vending machine or Pez dispenser to give them whatever they wanted whenever they wanted it. Jesus, you have the skill. Jesus, you have the will. Gimme, 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 gimme. Now, aside from the absolute foolishness of trying to make God do something, 
the people fell into a terrible trap. They recognized that Jesus was the prophet from of old. But that wasn't enough. They recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. But that wasn't enough. They recognized, many of them, that Jesus was indeed God in the flesh. But that wasn't enough. My friends, acknowledging that Jesus is God will not save you. Acknowledging that Jesus is true God and true man at the same time will not save you. Knowing the identity of Jesus is crucial for your faith. If you deny Jesus is God, if you deny Jesus is true God and true man, you have no faith. Jesus explains to us what the sign signifies. Jesus is the prophet. And he goes on throughout the entire chapter as they are trying to make him their bread king. Do not work for food that spoils. Work for food that endures to eternal life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. The people demanded a sign. Give us a sign. Give us a sign. Having their bellies full wasn't enough. They wanted more. After all, Moses gave the children of Israel manna for 40 years in the wilderness. And then Jesus explains, your forefathers all ate manna in the wilderness. You're right. And every one of them died. I, Jesus, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. And whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus equates faith with eating and drinking. He wants us to eat and drink the Word of God. He wants us to cling to the Word of God. The very words that come from the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. My friends, today, it's very easy to fall into the same sin as the children of Israel. We can fall into one ditch or another. God graciously and freely gives daily bread. All that we need to support this body and life. Remember your catechism? Food, drink, clothes, shoes, house, home. Fields, cattle, a good and faithful spouse, good children, good government, good weather, good neighbors, and the like. 
all these things God gives us. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. He gives to those who believe and even to those who don't believe, who are evil. The rain falls on the good and the bad. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. That is how great our giver God is. We pray that God would give us each day, this day, our daily bread, so that we would acknowledge that these things come from God and give Him thanks. My friends, what do we do as we receive these gifts from God? Sometimes, like the children of Israel, we worry. Oh, sure, I have enough for today, but what about tomorrow? What about next week? What about next month? What about next year? What about when I retire? We worry that the grace of God will run out. We worry we won't have enough stuff. And so we gather around us more and more stuff. And we put our faith and our trust in our stuff. Doesn't matter what that stuff is. Might be our house, might be our work, might be our bank account, might be our clothes, might be our politics. We gather around us our stuff. And before long, the worry about not having enough stuff turns that worry into sheer idolatry where the most important thing in the whole world is my stuff. I've done it for myself. I've accumulated all my stuff. My stuff is now my God. I can't trust Him anyway. He might not provide sometime in the future. But my stuff, I always have with me. It's kind of fun when you read about the unearthing of some great archaeological find. Maybe the, the tomb of some Egyptian pharaoh or some king. And gathered around their corpse is all their stuff. My friends, God is teaching us today that these gifts from Him are truly gifts. He wants you to use them and enjoy them and to live your life to the full. To not worry. Because God has provided and He will provide. And that there's only one true God. And it's not your stuff. It's the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My friends,
as important as it is to have a proper perspective on our stuff. The primary thing that God is signifying in this sign is not about our material goods. It's about the fact that in the same way that God takes care of our physical needs, He takes care of a much greater need. He takes care of our spiritual needs. He is the living bread that comes down from heaven. He's talking about His flesh. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live forever. He's talking about eating and drinking Christ by faith. He's talking about eating and drinking the Word of God. He's talking about the Word of God that cleanses us from all of our sins. Our sins of worry and our sins of idolatry. He's talking about the Word of God that changes us from the inside out. It changes our values. The things that we see as important, it changes how we live. Faith teaches us to subordinate our physical wants and our physical needs and to see as primary our spiritual needs and how God graciously gives us forgiveness, life, and salvation. As God's Word is gobbled up by us through faith, we literally make the old phrase come true. You are what you eat. If you put garbage in, guess what happens? You become garbage. And the garbage comes out. But as the life-giving, life-changing Word of God is taken into us by grace through faith, God forgives us, cleanses us, remakes us and shapes us into the people that he would have us be. My friends, God continues to work in exactly the same way today. We have in front of us the baptismal font. What happens there? is a miracle, or in the language of the Gospel of John, a sign. God tells us what the sign signifies, what it means. It's not just a mere outward washing of water. It's not a pledge of obedience. It is the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It is a life-giving bath. Because God says so. Earlier, we heard pastor 
forgive our sins. We call that the absolution. It's a miracle. Or in the language of the Gospel of John, it's a sign. What does this sign signify? It signifies that our baptism is not only an historical act that happened years or decades ago. It is a life-giving gift. Every time we hear that our sins are forgiven, we are taken back to the waters of holy baptism where we are drowned with all of our sin and loss and passions and raised forth a new creation. It's a miracle. And it perhaps the greatest, most ironic miracle flowing from this text. The sign becomes what it signifies. When Jesus says, take bread and wine, this bread is my body, this wine is my blood given and shed for you to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins. My friends, our God is a gift-giving God. Today, we are reminded of the miracle once again of the feeding of the 5,000. But this is no mere history lesson. This is God teaching you His great love for you. His love for your body. His love for your soul. His care for your physical needs. And His care for your spiritual needs. My friends, today, tomorrow, always, let us eat and drink the Word of God. For in the Word of God, there is life and life everlasting. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts our minds, our bodies, and our souls in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.